Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 355 of the Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers here with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hi, Sarah. So we are talking about travel today by way of talking about not traveling. What do you think about this? <laughs> Which means we're going to have to talk about some amount of traveling to then, you know, juxtapose it against the not traveling parts of our lives. Yeah. Um, but I think travel FOMO is something that a lot of people can relate to. And I think this time of year, it can be particularly intense. I think coming out of a, not coming out of a pandemic, but coming out of maybe the most intense portion of the pandemic where things do feel like they're opening up, it can intensify it because just because like, it seems like you could go someplace doesn't mean you actually can or want to right now. Um, So, and I also just think FOMO about like the idea of these wonderful family, you know, bonding experiences via travel is one of those things that's like pervasive in our social media world, right? So it is, it is. And I, as we were preparing this episode and yes, we're going to talk about FOMO, the fear of missing out, especially as it relates to travel and vacations. And when it feels like everybody else is doing it and maybe you're not, and we're going to unpack all of that today. But when we were preparing this, I, I read an older online article about vacation travel FOMO. It was like maybe 10 years old. But it really was before the the full rise of like Instagram stories and like documenting every little thing. And it more talked about when people at the office would get back from a vacation and want to show you their pictures. And it was a good reminder that this kind of um, jealousy, envy, discomfort around like feeling happy that other people got to go on a cruise, but you're stuck at home like with two babies this winter or whatever, has been around a long time, even before social yeah. media. So while we will definitely touch on how social media can um, exacerbate and almost misrepresent family vacations and create some yucky feelings. I think it's actually been going on long before that. So it'll be interesting. I agree. And it was almost like a joke or a trope 
um, way, way, like decades and decades ago that people would come home from their, you know, sunny vacation to Greece uh-huh. or whatever, and then make you sit in their basement and watch the slideshow. I mean, that has been yeah. like the slides, right? So like that's been around for a long, long time. I do think that, I just do think that the pervasiveness of social media has exacerbated it for sure. It's yes. like not a new concept. It's just amplified. Yeah. You know? It's amplified and it misses a lot of like, nobody talks about like the hard parts of vacation or like that time you were in the airport for six extra hours. And it, it really exacerbates that whole highlight real aspect, which we'll dig into. Um, so before we talk about not traveling and feeling bad about it, uh, let's just both share if we have any travel coming up. So we're recording this in early March. Many people have spring break in March. Are you guys doing a spring break this year? What's happening? We are. And Sarah, I haven't even told you about this yet. Um, Well, I just booked it yesterday. And ironically, this year and last, I went on a real spring break, but that is not the norm for us, which we'll get into later in the episode. Like I, in the past, have not traveled a lot at spring break. Um, But this year, I am taking the three younger kids to California. They have um, wanted to go forever. Clara has been like four times. Yeah. And none of the boys have been even once. Um, and they're all very, really, it just worked out that way. Like there's been family weddings and I took her a couple times out to visit you and it's just worked out that she's gotten to go a bunch of times and no one else Where has. are you going? We are going to Northern California. Okay. So we're going to do, um, Alcatraz apparently. We did Alcatraz so, on, on did you? a family vacation. Yeah. A few years ago. It's great. Okay. Alcatraz is great. Okay. So we're going to start, um, we, they, the kids want to see the Redwood Forest, not like the national Redwood Forest. Cause that's like three or four hours away from where we're flying in. Um, but we're going to do kind of, so, you know, when I was out in Napa, yeah. we did that, that um, Redwood Forest. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but there was another one that an Instagram um, person, one of our people on Instagram said, oh no, you should actually go to this other one that's in Sonoma. So like it's close by, but not the same one that we went to. And so I might check that one out instead. Um, the kids just were like, let's do Alcatraz. That was their idea. Um, Eric's been a couple times and he said, it's great. And has recommended it. And I was always like, hey, I don't know. And then all the kids were just like, yes, and we'll do San Francisco. And yeah. I don't know. We haven't like planned the whole thing out yet, but we do know that that's where we're going. And it kind of happened as I think sometimes the most fun travel does is that I knew I wanted to do something this year. Um, I had like a limited window of time to work with because we don't have the full week, probably because I split it with the kid's dad. I don't, I'll probably get a little bit bigger of a chunk of the week than I usually would just because I don't think he's got any plans with them, but like, I probably am working with about five days and we were going to go visit Isaac who moved to Wyoming. But when I talked to Isaac about it, he's like, well, or we could all go somewhere. I've always wanted to go to California. And I was like, no, okay, we could do that. It just lined up. So I think the older two are going to meet us out there. I'm not a hundred percent sure about both of them. Um, but the kids and I just talked about it and I was like, okay, it's either that, or we're going to go to Wyoming and visit Isaac, or we're going to fly to Salt Lake city and have Isaac drive to us. And we kind of, we tossed around the three ideas and the kids were like, yep, California. And it does feel like time because Will is graduating this year. So we're kind of at this weird midway point of like, now we're going to have more kids out of the house than in. Mm -hmm. And so it just feels like a good year to do it. Um, so that's coming up this year for me, we'll be in about three and a half weeks. That's so cool. And yeah, I had no yeah. idea I was hearing about that in real time. It, it came about, it came about very quickly when I finally decided. So yeah, yeah. Awesome. how about you? We are doing nothing for spring break. Um, we often do not. Um, and we will be here. We did do a long weekend at Disneyland for president's day. We took a, an extra day off. So we did like a four day trip just recently 
in February. And then I am looking ahead to some summer travel, but we currently, I'm on the other end of the FOMO for spring break. Like I have nothing planned. We're not going anywhere. I, my mother-in-law is coming to visit for a few days, but that doesn't even totally overlap with spring break. So I have no plans, um, and nothing on the calendar for right now. And I have to say, I kind of love a good no plans, nothing on the calendar kind of spring break too. So I think so, yeah. which is what we're going to talk about, right? Yeah. Yeah. That it's also like, not everyone is traveling all the time, despite the fact that it seems like that. And we are your very small sample size of one of right. us is traveling and one of us isn't. Um, I do want to mention that we have a whole bunch of travel content coming up on the blog and on here on the podcast. Um, that I'm really excited about because we have this amazing team of writers and contributors. We're going to have tips for road trips. We're going to have tips for flying. We're going to have talking about Airbnbs versus hotels and traveling with babies and all the things that we have all these experienced moms who can talk about. Um, And it's funny that this time of year, Megan, I think that that's in the zeitgeist. Like That's what you're seeing in your feeds is like, 10 ways to save money at your Airbnb. And there's a reason for that. Like all the content planners out there and all the editorial is around travel. And yet that feeds this FOMO loop, right? Because you're seeing the content. So it is actually kind of why we wanted to start to like kick off uh, quite a bit of travel content that we're going to be talking about with this important conversation about not traveling and about how it (laughs) feels to not travel because it's a real thing. So anyway, well, let's just both talk about whether we even get travel FOMO because I think I, I'm, our answers are probably different from each other. And, um, I know that I am not as susceptible to travel FOMO as I am to other kinds of FOMO. So I want to hear about you. So this is interesting. I do get it to some degree, um, but it's a relatively new thing. And I think when my kids were younger, a we just didn't have really a lot of money for travel. And I didn't really think it was that fun. Like, the idea of taking the kids, like getting them all on a plane and going to, I don't know, like Hawaii or something or Mexico just sounded really stressful to me at that point in my life. And also while I was doing a lot of travel writing when my kids were really little, like I did a lot of family travel writing when they were, um, when I had like a house full of yeah. young kids, I would say yeah. like with the young, the older four were young, the the kinds of travel we did was like get in the car and go someplace in the Midwest. The other kind of travel just didn't feel like it was for me anyway. And even if I had flipped through like travel and leisure magazine or something, or one of those that have, you know, beautiful locales, I would think, Oh, that's something we'll do later. Mm -hmm. It just didn't really occur to me that that would be for me anyway. And the difference with something like that, where it's kind of aspirational and you look at it once and then put it away. It's not like I was taking it back out and pouring over it Mm -hmm. (laughs) and, and like, you know, putting a, like a folder full of clippings from yeah. these places. I, I just remember looking at that and very clearly thinking, I am not in that stage of life right now, but one day I will be. Mm-hmm. It was very different. That's really different from seeing people that you know who are in your class or what you think of your class of life yeah. or stage of life being um, doing those things. And then you're like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. And I think for me, that really started when I got on Facebook and I started to see trends of like, lots of people from my specific area going to really specific destinations, what felt like all at once. So for Mm. a long time, it was Florida. Then it seemed to move to South Carolina for a little while. And I don't know if, you know, word spreads and whatever the hot vacation place is right now is like where families and and families would travel together because those families had like bonds where they were doing those sorts of things. And I didn't really have families I was doing those kinds of trips with. So I would be seeing other families 
with, you know, other like groups of people mm-hmm. going on these spring breaks all together. Um, and also a lot of my friends were teachers. So in that group, you have one chance. Like my family could kind of travel whenever, right? right? But like teachers had to travel during spring break. So there just felt like there was this huge mass exodus from our town starting on like April 1st. Mm-hmm. And people set, seemed to be sort of gravitating to like, like the families that were a little more wealthy, maybe they were all going to this one specific place in Mexico. And the families who were like more like middle class were going to this like one slightly like closer by place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just, I don't know. It just, I remember when I finally was like, oh, wait, real people yeah. that, that I know are doing this and my kids are getting older. So maybe I'm running out of time and maybe yeah. if that's what I want, it, I don't have the rest of my life to make that happen. And so yeah. that's when it started to happen. It's, it's maybe been like the last four or five years and it's, it's mild because I really do feel like it can happen at any time and it'll still count, but right. it's there a it's little there. bit. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, yeah. I think that makes total sense. Um, especially given you were so young when you had kids that you were used to feeling like other grown-ups were doing grown-uppy things and you, right. were, and you and had all the like, time in the world. I could see how someone would have almost the reverse. If you didn't have kids till you were 35 or 40, you might've had a lot of travel under your belt already. And then you kind of, you knew what it was like, and then you're looking at it from the opposite. So it's interesting. Yeah. For me, what about you? Yeah, for me, I'm going to say yes and no. I get travel FOMO. I mean, for one thing, I'm a homebody. I really like to stay home. And so I don't think I have a wanderlust like a lot of people have wanderlust, but that doesn't mean I'm immune. Um, When my kids were tiny, when I was in the trenches, we lived in the desert in Arizona and everybody leaves in the summer. They don't all take glamorous vacations. Um, It's very popular or common to have like a family cabin up in the mountains in Arizona, like a couple drives away and people go for as long as they can weeks at a time or every weekend for the whole summer. Um, or people would rent a beach house in San Diego, like share it with a bunch of families. So it wasn't, um, like a, a money thing or a class or status thing because people found very affordable ways to get the heck out of the Valley of the sun in the summer. And I did not, I had nowhere to go. Um, for part of it, I was working Um, we did, we would go like a little bit, like maybe, maybe a week in the summer. Usually my parents would be in Oregon and we'd go meet them, but it wasn't a vac. It it was relocating. It was getting out of the heat. It wasn't like a vacation, like a family vacation, but at least we got out of the heat. So that was hard. It was hard because all my friends were gone and it was miserable to be there in the summer. So those of you in very wintry places, like We'll get into the weather piece later, but if you are in miserable weather, that travel FOMO gets a lot worse because you are like where you are is unpleasant. And so I definitely experienced that. And I would say that where we are now, um, it does feel a little bit like at all of the major school breaks and my kids are older now. So like to your point, Megan, it does sort of feel like the number of summer vacations are starting to be limited with all the kids at home. And what I notice is families like around us now, they do seem to go somewhere. It seems like every spring break, every Thanksgiving break, we get a whole week off at Thanksgiving and lots of times in the summer. And it's, it feels like not necessarily FOMO. Like I wish I was going on those trips because I actually love, I live in a beautiful hometown and I love to stay home, but I do get a little sad that like, it feels like everyone's gone. And that's how it was in Arizona too. It's almost like I miss 
I'm missing out on the community here and everyone's gone, which is a little different than Wanderlust. So but it's not like I want to go. It's more like you're like, come back. Right. And like, oh, it kind of <laughs> makes you feel like, oh, everybody is gone. So did I do something wrong by not leaving? Right. Like, and there's less to do, less to do for my kids yeah. socially and stuff when everyone's gone. I will say, side note, I am much more prone to like career FOMO, fashion FOMO, home decor FOMO. If those are even FOMOs, they're probably more like envy or jealousy. But just in case you think I'm like a more highly evolved person who doesn't feel travel FOMO, I think it's mostly because I've lived in relatively nice places where I don't have to get out of the winter, except for the Arizona piece. And I really like to be home. So I'm a little less prone to it, but that does not mean I'm I'm immune to all FOMO. Well, I, I, I know this is getting a little long, but I also want to point out that I think that regional differences, not just like where you are, but like what kind of living you're doing can affect a lot of this because at least in the summer here where I am in like rural, you know, more small town tourist area, when people escape, like what you're describing, it's mostly to a cabin or a cottage. And even if you don't have a cabin or a cottage, almost everybody can have something like that experience. Like yeah. camping is very accessible to most people. I can also see where if I lived in the city, so Chicago is just like two hours or less away, that the people of means have second homes over here Mm -hmm. and they are the ones that are disappearing to their like summer mansions, right? For weeks on end or every weekend they're gone or whatever. And I can see how that would feel very lonely. Like the city would start to feel emptier, whereas our town just gets more full. And Mm -hmm. then around here, people escape by going to smaller places. Yes. So smaller, more rural places. So there is that feeling of like, it It doesn't feel lonely. It just feels like strangers everywhere. Right. And at the same time, people are going, but like people are going in a much more accessible way from here right. than they would be if they were trying to get out of like a, like a more expensive place. It makes me think of old books and movies where like the moneyed people just go to the shore. Yeah. Like on the East Coast, they just go to the shore for like two months. Yeah. For, and you're like, for well, how summer. did how do they do that though? I think people <laughs> still do that. I, yeah, that I think you're right. Old timey thing. Yeah. It's, yeah. It is different, yeah. different from our situations. Sarah, we both know this time of year can be crazy. So this is a great time to get ahead with no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor factor. I love how these meals are ready to eat and delivered right to your door. I mean, you can't beat that convenience, but most importantly, they're seriously delicious. Yeah, Megan, I agree. Our whole family was impressed with the quality and flavor of Factor Meals we tried. And it turned out to be a great option for my teenagers when they got home late from a theater practice or came home from school super hungry. There's zero prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Factor Meals just need to be heated for about two minutes and they're ready to go. Yeah, and for any listeners with wellness goals this month, Factor has six menu preferences to support your lifestyle, whether you're trying to boost your protein, avoiding meat, or simply focusing on well-balanced meals. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to fit your lifestyle. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. Head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code MOMHOUR50 at factormeals.com slash MOMHOUR50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from our place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. 
I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the Forever Chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. Okay, Sarah, so we've got some um, vacation slash travel myths and truths <laughs> that we're going to unpack, and it's funny to see these written out. It's like, you know how things become myths, even though you know that logically they don't make a lot of sense yeah. or like they're, they're objectively not true, yeah. but you can still feel like they're true. Mm -hmm. So when we say these myths, it's not like we, everybody really believe that we think people actually literally believe this. It's just that feeling you can start to get, even though, you know, logically, yeah. it's just not the case. Well, And that's what, I mean, FOMO really is about those baser feelings, right? It's that yucky, right. it's that yucky feeling of like, everybody's got what I don't. And it doesn't come from a logical place that usually comes from some kind of scarcity mindset or something that's like not feeling great within you. So I think, I think that makes sense. Like if we were all using our logical brains all the time, social media wouldn't have such a grip on us. That's true. That's very true. All right. Well, well let's start with the first one. Okay, so the first myth is everyone is on vacation all the time. <laughs> I mean, it can't. Sarah, you want to tackle this one first? It can feel like that. Like if, yeah. if your news feed or your feed is any indication, but let's take a big step back and remind ourselves that people don't post photos about their everyday lives at home, right? So like, there's there's a term in statistics or in um I don't know in behavior analysis or something of like the bias where we're only seeing we're seeing we're not seeing the average or the you're seeing the extremes and then you start to think that the extremes are the norm. I, there is a like name confirmation for confirmation bias. It's like confirmation bias, but it it has to do with assuming. Well, I I know about it because it happens with COVID, right? Like you can look for like, it feels like everyone, you know, has COVID because people don't talk about when they don't have COVID. Does oh, that make sense? Right. It's like, so people are talking about like, it's almost like they're talking in the affirmative and not when it's right. not the You're affirmative leaving yeah. out. And, and there's smart people out there who know what I'm talking about. I think it was actually my 13 year old who taught me this phrase, but it's the thing where it seems like it's everywhere, but that's because no one is talking about the, the, the absence of it. That's what it is. So anyway, right. You are seeing people's photos and hearing people talk about vacation because they don't share photos and talk about what life is like when they're not on vacation. Right. So just a big, huge, like spoonful reality check that um, not everyone is on vacation all the time. But when right. they do go on vacation, it's novel and exciting and it may be fun for them to take photos and share photos. Um, most people, I don't think, are doing it to like show off or make anybody else feel bad. but as we're going to get into, that might be the first vacation they've taken in 10 years. And they're excited right. to post photos on social media because they have been the one with FOMO for 10 years or whatever. So 
I don't know. This feels like the dumbest myth busting ever, but no, not everyone <laughs> is on vacation all the time. That's impossible. Like, it's, well, yes, it, it's not. Well, right. It can't, they can't be on vacation all the time because people have lives and their kids go to school and they have jobs and things like that. And I would argue that even if, when people do post photos of their ordinary lives at home, because we do, we do that too. Right. It's like the percept, the part of the brain of the perceiver misses it. Yeah. Like we, it's not just that the people aren't posting about their normal lives at home, but out of say one in every 10 posts is of something more interesting for your brain than their ordinary lives at home. That's the thing you notice and glom onto. Um, And people are really good at like making their home lives on socials Mm -hmm. seem very glamorous sometimes. I actually had somebody, and I don't think I'm very good at this at all, but somebody one time post or uh, commented like, what's it like to live in a place where you're on vacation all the time? And I was like, what? said that to you? Yes, (laughs) because I live in a tourist town and I posted a lot of sunset pictures, I think. And and they also had been to my town. So in their minds, my town is where people go on vacation. But like- most of the people you see walking around are just living their lives. And I don't think of my town that way at all. I can see the lake. That's nice. Yeah. Like, just like you can see the ocean and the mountains. Yeah. That's nice. But, but you're not on vacation when you're in your home. No. But if you posted a picture of your surroundings to someone who's not from there or who's been there and has some experience with it being like a vacation, it looks like vacation yeah. to them. So I don't know. Um, I just think that that's like the feeling of like other people having more novel experiences in more beautiful locales all the time than you is, is another part of that because it doesn't look like what you're used to. So it feels like vacation, even though it's not. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. And then I will just not to pile on against the social media companies, but a reminder that we are fed ads by an algorithm based on our, based on everything. I mean, everything we do and all of our behaviors. So I also think that sometimes the uh, what would you call that? Like the the non-organic content, like the the ads and the promotions that we're fed can feed the perception that everyone is on vacation when, in fact, we're not even seeing pictures of people on vacation. We're being served bathing suit ads or travel agency right. ads. Right, so right, it, right. It really is a um, like it can create almost a false reality. So, right. Yeah. Well, what about this myth? So maybe not everyone's on vacation, but when they are on vacation, everyone's vacations are amazing. I mean, again, like us saying this out loud, it just feels so silly because we know objectively this is not true because anybody who's been on a trip knows, (laughs) knows that like in their, in their deepest gut, that it's not possible for everyone who's on a vacation around us to be having an amazing time all the time. I will say even and I tend to be kind of an optimistic person. Like I skew positive. And by the time, okay, so say something bad happens and I'm like on a vacation and I had a really stressful morning because I missed my flight or things didn't go right or whatever. By the time I would even get around to like getting my phone out to post about it, that's over. And I'm now onto the part I want to talk about, which is the fun part. And I don't really want to dwell on the, you know, hour this morning where I was super frustrated or felt like crap. So but that, but that goes along with every single vacation experience. Yeah. We're just not, I don't know. We're just not talking about it. No, we're not. And we run the risk if we do talk about it, that it sounds like we're complaining about our nice vacation. Right. So there's a lot, like there's a lot built into this. I have definitely been guilty in the past of posting some pretty vacation photos, because, partly because I like photography and I, that like that part's fun for me on vacation. And then getting back in real life and having people be like, 
oh my gosh, that looked like such an amazing trip. And then I, I have to like stop and think, wait, actually it rained like 60% of the time we were there and everyone got the stomach flu on the last day, which is a true story about Hawaii. It rained more than half the time and we all got the stomach flu. And it's like almost like I, I'm guilty of it myself with my own self. I'm like, oh yeah, I really did. <laughs> like I didn't really represent that to myself or to others totally accurately. And again, I don't think we're saying like, you owe it to anyone to be really honest, but as a consumer of other people's vacation content, just a reminder that there are crying babies, there is jet lag, there's all the other things, and not every vacation is worth writing home about. Well, personally, Sarah, I thank you very much for not posting like a photo of vomit or something. <laughs> right. Because like, or, or, you know, the other side would be um, for you to have your sort of like complainy post where you look sad or overwhelmed and, and that's all fine. Like, but I don't expect that of you either. It's right. I'm not there. For, I'm not there for that content. You right. know, like I, um, and, and that's fine. If like, if you can be whatever you want to be on your platforms is my point, I guess yeah. if the, what you need to share that day is you feeling a little down about things, not going the way you want them to, um, or just keeping it real great. If what you really want to do is say, Hey, my prize for making it all the way to Hawaii, living through this rain and then having, you know, my kids throwing up everywhere um, is that I get to post this great picture that I look, can look at back at later and be like, remember, we made it. We did it. Then that's fine, too. And like as consumers, we just need to know, like we just the yes. lizard, the lizard part of our brain. Exactly. Um, that doesn't do a very good job sorting through this information and and actually applying it to reality. Um, it's like, yeah, like we need to like calm the lizard, cage the lizard. I don't know what the metaphor here is. Yeah. And I think you bring up a really good point. I know a little later on, I think we're going to talk about like ways to get what you need out of not traveling at home in your own backyard a little bit. And I think this relates because as much as it isn't totally true that every vacation is amazing and all those friends you're seeing like that they're having perfect sunny days and everyone's in a good mood and the kids aren't fighting. That's not true. Neither is it true that my life at home is like a drag all the time, right? Like there are beautiful sunsets here at home and there are good family memories being made here at home. So I think it, it, uh, that lizard wants us to create a real binary with like the romance and the wanderlust is out there. The boring winter weather is here and there's nothing in between. And, and I don't think that's usually true for most people. Right. Okay, so here's another myth, um, and that is everyone's got money to spare for those big trips. Well, and this, you kind of touched on this when you were younger, Megan. It seemed like, oh, those older grownups have the money to spare, and then you didn't feel bad because it felt like something in the future. And then when you realized that, like, no, the people in your town were taking these trips, then it really was like, wait, where, where is the money come from? <laughs> right. Um. I guess to this, I would say we just a reminder, we have no idea other people's financial situations. I think that's a good reminder in life. I, I know people who save for years for one big trip, and maybe you're seeing the one big trip they have been saving for. Maybe they didn't eat out at restaurants or get takeout for years to save for this. Like we don't know. Um, people have very different financial goals and, and the way that they both save their money and spend their money could be wildly different than how you choose to save and spend your money. I don't think it necessarily means that everyone's got a pot of money that you somehow don't. I think, I think there's often more to the story than we know. 
Um, so yeah, I guess that's what that's what I would gently remind everybody that we're not seeing the work that went into saving for this vacation, maybe the sacrifices or the things they're not spending money on to afford this vacation or like their aunt who's a travel agent and got them 50% off. Like we just don't know. We don't. And I think that to your point, Sarah, like we might see that one trip and they've been saving for it for five years, but in our, like we don't keep track. Like I don't have a ledger book where I write down the trips everybody I know has been on and how often I might think, Oh, weren't they just on vacation? And actually it was three years ago. Like I'm not really paying that close attention to most people. Of course there are exceptions. There are people who are constantly traveling and you see them all over your feed. And maybe like there's might be lots of reasons for that. Might have something to do with their work. Their spouse might be, or they might be getting, um, you know, sent on trips that are like paid for by work. It's like, it's really hard. Well, you just don't know. It's not just hard to know. It's impossible to know. And, um, and it's also kind of like not of my business, right. really. Like how other people are doing it. I guess the the truth, the the point is that the truth is not everybody has a bunch of money just lying around um, burning a hole in their pocket where they get to dump like $10,000 into travel every year. That's not necessarily yeah. how this works. Um, I think it's kind of funny that this year I'm actually taking a spring break. And last year I took a spring break. I took uh, Eric and I took the kids on a road trip, which yeah. was fairly expensive. But before that, I think I mentioned already, we just never really went anywhere at spring break. It was just the kind of time of year where I had a lot of other travel um, around that time of year for work. Uh, mm-hmm. April and May and sometimes part of March were often big travel months for me with conferences and things. And then I would just really look forward to having the week off. And because we would just do a lot of kind of local travel in the summer, it didn't really feel like, I don't know, there really didn't feel to me like any big rush to get out of town for spring break. Um, but the last two years in a row, I will uh, this year and last year, I will have gone two years in a row, which is different before that. I feel like the only time we did with my kids, what I would call like real vacations and putting those in air quotes were the multiple times we took the kids to Florida. And I think it was three times we did Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, but those trips were at least partly funded by grandma because we were visiting John's mom down there. The rest of the trip was super budget. We had a place to stay with her. One time I had a client pay for a bunch of it. So it's not like, again, it's not like we were going to Disney and being like, we're, we'll splurge on the biggest trip there is. And we'll stay in the most resorty resort. It was like, we'll stay in the resort that's so far away. It's practically not even on, <laughs> like, was practically not even in Disney. And we're only going to do that for one night. So we're going to have to like cram everything on either side. And we're going to like, eat PBJs in the room and just like all of the things and grandma's paying for some of it because we have five kids and there's no way we can. So yeah, to your point again, it's, um, people like cobble things together as they can. And I think in most cases, that's what you're seeing. And again, most people probably aren't going to post pictures of the PBJ in the dirty hotel room. Right. Um, like, or whatever it is. Yeah. And I guess to finish up and then we'll go to break, but to finish up on the money conversation, obviously you and I are not like budget travel bloggers, but a lot of those exist. And I think sometimes when there's energy about the money with travel FOMO, it feels like this could never happen for me or this is not accessible. Wouldn't it be nice? Must be nice, right? Like must be nice. Must be nice. Um, And I think if the internet has taught us nothing, it's that there are ways to create meaningful travel experiences on a budget. I'm not an expert at them and I don't think, I mean, but 
maybe it's there's an opportunity to be like, oh, maybe this is more accessible to me than I've previously thought. Not everyone is on a five star luxury vacation and maybe regular people just like me are finding ways to make this work. So looking at it perhaps with curiosity instead of that must be niceness. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Just before we go to break, the first time I was actually even exposed to the idea of travel FOMO, it was a fellow um, mom who lived in a more affluent area and we were both freelance writers. We probably had similar incomes. Um, although she was much more experienced than me. So I think she probably had a much higher income than mine, but she made some comment, like she was so tired of every year seeing everyone go off on vacation and, and like, again, not being able to swing it. And I remember being like, oh, are we supposed to be able to yeah. <laughs> like, oh, wait, what? Is that a thing we're supposed to have? I didn't realize that. And then being very surprised because I just would have figured if anyone could, she could, you yeah. know? So it was like, oh, so even on the on the flip side, like everyone's got money to spare for these big trips might be one myth, but maybe the the inverse of that myth is you need a lot of money to go on any kind of a trip. Like that's like another, right. I don't know, it's the other side of the same coin, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, totally. We are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest, I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day and it could seriously use a refresh, but you know what's good to go? My shoes. I've got a great selection to choose from thanks to the Vionic Vitals collection. And lately, the pair I keep putting on again and again is the Uptown Loafer. I have two pairs, one in sand suede and the other in camel leather. But please don't make me pick a favorite. Oh, I won't. I'll let you keep both. That's so funny, Megan, because I was a little jealous of your Uptown Loafers. I was the last one on our team to get a pair, but I just did. I also got mine in the sand suede, and I think I've worn them like four times this week. They really finish off a cute spring outfit. The Vionic Vitals collection has the best essential styles for everyday wear to get you ready for spring. And no matter what shoes you choose, you'll be on the go in comfort because every single pair of Vionic shoes delivers their trademark Viomotion technology for a difference you can feel. Bionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning, and every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try them out. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. We are welcoming back Ritual as a sponsor today. Megan, we both try to make healthy choices, but you know, sometimes it's tricky to sort through fact and fiction when it comes to supplements and vitamins to figure out just what they're doing for us. That's why I'm glad Ritual keeps studying their products and sharing the results, especially as it relates to women, since women are the focus of all Ritual's products, including the Essential for Women 18 Plus Multivitamin. And the results are super reassuring. Just as an example, Ritual conducted a university-led clinical trial for their Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin, and it was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin is made with high-quality and traceable key nutrients in clean, bioavailable forms with nine key nutrients in two capsules per day. Plus, they are leading the industry when it comes to sustainability. They use lower carbon packaging and prioritize sustainably sourced ingredients. That kind of thoughtfulness really matters to me. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash the mom hour. 
Start Ritual or add the Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash the mom hour for 25% off. All right. So the final travel FOMO myth that we want to kind of unpack here is more around like family culture and family memories. Um, we've talked a lot about like the the cost and the like everybody's doing it and it looks so fun. Um, but this one, I think there's even more to it. And that is the myth is that family vacations are how memories are made. And I'm like doing giant air quotes like this is if we don't do this, what will the memories be like? This is what families do to create memories and culture. So what do you what do you think yeah. about the truth of that? I mean, if that were the case, I would have very few memories <laughs> of my even my growing up family. We didn't do a lot of we did a lot of like road tripping to like aunts and uncles houses, yeah. which did create a lot of memories, yeah. but there wasn't the kind of travel we're talking about right. today. And, and my kids would have no memories either because they didn't do it at all for years. Um, I mean, this again is one of those things where when we like look at it, when we look at that statement, we realize what a huge disconnect there is between truth and reality that can happen in our heads because of course that's not how memories are made, right? <laughs> of course it's not like, we have so many ways we can make memories and, and we like day-to-day -day life is making memories right now or going to visit your like sister and her kids is making, that's memories that are being made or like, there's just so many things sitting around the dinner table, um, playing in the backyard. Like there's a million ways memories are being made and family vacations can be one of those mm -hmm. ways. Yeah. 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 I agree. And there is something to say for novel experiences like anchoring those memories. And you and I've talked about this too, that like yeah. we, our brains pay attention to the novel. So two years into COVID, if we've been staying at home this whole time, it gets very hard to figure out like what was 2020 and what was 2021. Right. But if you ask me, when did my family of five go to San Francisco and do Alcatraz? I can tell you when that was because I remember how old the kids were. The kids remember it. So I do want to validate that there there is something as kids get older and I will circle back to put a pin in that one as kids are a little bit older, there is something that kind of creates like this little um, self-contained little bubble of an experience that kids will look back on and remember the road trip we did to Wyoming. And like, there is, that is meaningful. I, I agree. And so I yeah, do think I agree that, with that. Yeah. That there's a, in the fabric of family culture and the memories you're making, having novel experiences away from your home can be really meaningful. But then here's like the two giant caveats. The one is that like the scale of that trip, how far away you go, how expensive it is, like how grand it is, that does not correlate to the number of memories. I would actually argue that like going camping 20 minutes away, as long as it's novel and different from your everyday, it's equal. Like it doesn't matter if you spend 10 grand or like 80 bucks on a tank of gas, just by going outside your norm, you are going to have the same opportunities to like, to do that thing, to make that little like self-contained bubble of memories. And number two, Children do not remember anything until they're like five. So if you if you are worried about this now and you have like a one, three and five year old, just just give yourself a pass for like a lot of years, because at least for us, like we didn't even try to do any. We, we had to travel a lot to see family. And so that's we have traveled a lot, but not in any kind of like capital V vacation sense until my youngest was about kindergarten. And we did that on purpose because I didn't want to spend a bunch of money or go through a bunch of hassle for like 
kids who wouldn't remember it anyway. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. that was, um, I think there's plenty of arguments on the other side and I'm sure I will hear some of them, but that's how we chose to do it. Um, because we now the kid, the age, my kids are now, I can really see how those memories are being made. So I don't think it has to be expensive and I don't think it has to happen so soon for a lot. If your goal is to, to like make those family memories. Well, I, I would agree with what you're saying about like creating that container and the novelty. Um, I'm a big travel fan. Like I love it. And so I don't definitely don't want to make it feel like a vacation is like, there's no memories. Just stay home. Eat your PBJ at home. Right. Um, but I, I, there's a lot of ways to create that, that container. And what are the parts of it that like make that, I don't, like that create that thing that everyone can remember that yeah. novelty. I'm just thinking about just like on being on finally on the tail end of a move with my kids. Um, now I don't recommend moving as a family <laughs> bonding strategy because it's way more stress and a lot more expensive yes, than probably is. any vacation I would it go is. on. It is. But I have loved the way my family is pulled together during it. And we are all more connected right now. Like we are talking about things all the time. Like we're having fun in a totally different way. Everyone's kind of jazzed up and excited because we're doing something different. That's forcing us to all like kind of work together on it. Yeah. And you know, while I wouldn't recommend moving for that, um, it also doesn't have to be like, like a trip to Europe, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, or even a trip. Uh, on a plane, there's like so many ways that those novel experiences can happen that fit. I promise within your budget and with it, even if it's like not even an $80 tank of gas, it could be a trip across town yeah. to a different area that you don't go to like something intentional. That's like out of your norm where you all have to figure something out together. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Whatever that is. I think that's yeah. such a good point. And I, I think that gets even better as kids get older. You stop being, and that's just another reason I have enjoyed it more as my kids have gotten older. You stop being the one who's running around trying to make the memories, right? Like, okay, we got to go get in line for this carousel and like, we're going to take right. a picture over and get our ice cream. But the memories start making themselves because you have more fully formed humans who, like you said, are part of the problem solving, whatever the problem solving is, whatever the project is. So I think that's so, such a good point. And I think a move is a good example, but no, not recommended for everyone. <laughs> nope. Um, no. Well, let's kind of wrap up just by offering a little bit of uh, a reframe for this FOMO feeling. And I would just start by saying, if you haven't acknowledged it and just like let yourself feel the feelings, that's always a good first step. Like it's okay to just acknowledge that like, it feels crappy to scroll through your feed and see all these vacations that you're not going on this year. And sometimes just giving yourself permission to be like, Oh, that feels like a bummer is like a right. good, is a good first step. And then, and then I would just say like, um, to your point, looking inward a little bit to figure out like, what do, what am I actually missing out on? Maybe I don't need that exact vacation that I'm seeing online, but like, maybe I haven't had a day off from work in two years, like a real day off. Like maybe I'm craving time with my spouse that I haven't gotten. Um, maybe I'm just bored and like need some of yeah. that novelty. Maybe it's the weather. We talked about like those long Midwest winters or the long Arizona summers, like need to get out of this weather. Um, maybe there's like something about feeling included, like in a shared experience that if you're not going to share in the experience of heading to Mexico, maybe there's some other way to feel like you are part of something. So 
there's a million things I think we can like extract to be like, what is it that I need right now? And how can I get that closer to home or on a budget? Yeah. And, and I would also point out that, um, one of the really tricky things about vacations that, well, any vacation, but particularly when it has to be planned during a busy, like a high travel time of year is that it's not always possible to align the thing you need with the trip you're planning four months out because you don't know what you're going to want in that week. Right. So while you're watching in real time, everyone say spring break unfold. Yeah. They've got the warm locales. They've got the bonding happening. Whatever the things are that you're identifying that you would really like, it might actually be easier for you now to get that for yourself in some other way than like it would be if you were thinking for the next big shared opportunity. You know, does that make sense, Sarah? Like, like, yeah. So the nice thing is for me, it's often having something to look forward to. And like, for me, it's often like having that thing on the calendar that's different, even just having it on the calendar and knowing it's coming is a big part of it. Mm -hmm. And so just because I missed out on whatever, like the group vacation experience right now is I don't have to miss out on the planning. Mm -hmm. I can start that right now. And I can start that with something really simple. I can start that by starting to talk to the kids about what that trip might look like or starting to do some research or whatever it is. Or if the thing you really need is a break from work, maybe you just have a personal day (laughs) that you can take, even if there's no travel associated with it, or even if the travel is a trip a couple hours away, you don't necessarily have to now wait three months to until there's another week. Uh, vacation or something or until the kids are out of school to get little snippets of those things. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think we get better at this as we, as we move through motherhood and family life. I'm remembering in January when I talked to Christine Coe and Kelsey Wharton about like planner tips and planning the year, Christine talked about like knowing that she goes through like a slump in the summer or has like, doesn't like when the city gets hot and crowded in the summer and like looking ahead at the year and being like, Oh, right. Like that midsummer is really like a bummer around here. Everyone's gone. Everyone's on vacation. Like you can start to think that way now. And it doesn't mean that you have to like plan an expensive vacation, but you might plan a couple days off and like clear, clear the calendar so that you and the family can head somewhere affordable for a couple of days. Like I do think we can look forward at our calendar and outsmart ourselves a little bit or like high five our future self, get a high five from our past self. You know what I'm talking about? Um, Without it being hugely expensive, but more um, instead of like waiting to feel the FOMO, proactively protect against the FOMO, I think is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I I, it's been a few years since the last time I had like a full time outside the home job. But I remember like it was one of those places where Theoretically, we all had PTO, but no one ever actually got to take the PTO. Mm-hmm. I, I think people who are in those kinds of jobs know what I'm talking about mm-hmm. because you would always get it interrupted. So I sneakily started doing things like just taking an hour and a half at a time mm. and I would just go for a hike and I would just take my PTO because I was like, well, for an hour and a half, no one's going to bother me. Yeah. And I know that's like a really, that's not a vacation. And I'm not trying to say that's like an alternative to a vacation. But when I was super stressed and thought if I walk back into that building and know that I'm going to be there until five o'clock today. And I don't have anything else. Like I don't have the option of like taking the whole day off right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to lose it. I would think, okay, well, what if at 11 o'clock I just left the building and yeah. I tacked my lunch on, I didn't come back for three hours. Like that would feel 
really good. And it's like a little Band-Aid maybe or a little, yeah. it's like a pre-Band-Aid. Yeah. It's not really a Band-Aid so much as like a, like a, um, it's like getting in front of it. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. agree. I like it. Well, this is a good time of year too. I mean, the spring break, likely your spring break plans are set by the time you hear this episode and you are either like me not going anywhere or like Megan going somewhere. But this is great time to think about if your kids are off in the summer or if summer is a time where you typically see a lot of vacations happening or do some yourself. Um, it's maybe just a good time to like think about what what do I want out of this season and how can I, like you said, almost protect myself from those icky feelings by by claiming what I want in a way that works for me. Yeah. Well, I want to just let everybody know what's coming up on the blog this week. We are going to collect all of our travel-related stuff on one easy landing page. If you were listening around the holidays, you remember we had a holiday headquarters. So we're going to have kind of a travel hub for this spring. It's going to be at themomhour.com slash travel22. If you are listening right when this drops, you're going to wait a couple of days. But I know a lot of you listen, you know, over the course of a week. So it should be up for many of you as you listen to this. And we'll link it in the show notes. And just this week, we have a blog post on saving money on food while you're traveling. We've got how to prep and pack for road trips. We've got keeping kids entertained in the car on long drives. And that's just kind of the beginning. So all of that will be at themomhour.com slash travel 22. And if that page is not up yet, it will be in the next couple of days when you're listening to this. Megan, I'm really excited you're headed west for spring break. I will wave Me too. to you. I'll be so close, but just not quite it's there. So far, because the state is just so dang big. <laughs> it's so big. I know. I know. All right. We'll talk to everybody soon. Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug. That is amazing. Erica, that's Erica with a K, is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. It's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction, and Erica helps them build healthy habits and self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Hey everyone, Sarah here. Megan and I would absolutely love it if you hit pause right now, right where you're listening, and left the Mom Hour a rating and review. If our show has helped you feel a little more confident as a mom or a little less alone, that's one of the absolute biggest ways you can thank us. And it really takes about 30 seconds. If you're listening in Apple Podcasts, just navigate to the Mom Hour's show listing. So not the episode you're listening to right now, but the kind of landing area for our show as a whole. And then scroll down to leave a rating or review. Thank you so much.